Oh, I got my ears cleaned out and now everything's in surround sound. <laughs> Wait, where do you do that? Just at a... The doctor, you can go to your primary doctor and have them cleaned out. But I went to uh, the primary doctor couldn't do it because there was, there was too much. So I had to go to an ENT, took like a little shop vac and it was like... Oh my God, there's one literally like walking distance from my apartment and I've been wanting to do that. So I just put that on my list. So thank you. Welcome back to Finding My Perfect Awkward. And this week I am with Miguel from Miguel and Holly uh, Hits 96.1. Miguel, you beautiful human. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I feel honored. And you excited. feel honored. I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. We're both honored together right now. We're both honored. Yes. No, I uh, I met you at Morning Show Boot Camp last month and you are a ray of sunshine. I adore you. You are like just this little spunky spark and I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, that's been sort of one of my hallmarks of my life. Like I feel like I switched a flip. Yeah, I switched to flip, a flip to switch, flip to flip switch. To... There we go. Um, <laughs> end of the day, dead of the morning show podcast, my brain's like, Bzz. um, but when I was in middle school, when I was just like, you know what? I like being happy and bringing people happiness. That just yeah. makes them better and it makes me feel better too. So that's why I've always tried to like just sprinkle happiness wherever I go. You're very good at it. You're very good at it. You're it's very contagious. So that is goal accomplished. Thank you. So I wanna touch on your uh radio journey first. And let's start from where you started and just work your way to now. So it actually starts a long time ago when I was uh living in Denver. Um, and in Atlanta, too, growing up, we li I lived in uh, both cities for a while. And I just always loved the people on the radio laughing and talking. Like, I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't understand the humor, but I just enjoyed the laughter and the humor and the stunts that they would do. This was the 90s. So the stuff that they would do back then, we could not do that now. But I love that. So when I got to middle school, I joined my little... Uh, a radio station where it was like a mile around the school where you just like read the menu and you did the announcements. Um, and that was like my first time on the radio. Then I get to high school. We have a, a high school radio station that just broadcasts into the cafeteria. I was station manager of that. I took my job very seriously. Like back in the day, I reached out. Like when I look back at myself, I'm like, who were you? Like I reached out to record companies and I had like a Lifehouse listening party in the cafeteria one time with like <laughs> giveaways and stuff. That's so like, cute. What was I doing? Um, then I went to college for radio, worked at my college radio station um, at Georgia Southern University. Um, and then I also at that same time was working or interning and then working part-time for Clear Channel um, in Savannah. And that was 97.3 KISS FM. Um, I interned there. And six months before I graduated college, they were like, do you want a full-time job to be the assistant to the operations manager? And you'll just be sort of the utility player. I was like, absolutely. So I was very fortunate to have a full-time job when I graduated college. And I was the assistant to the operations manager. I, uh, I produced a conservative news talk morning show for six months. 
um, did not last long in that one. Uh, that's when I learned that I have very strong convictions and I can't just sit in a little room while people are just spewing hate and just be like, well, I've got your calls all lined up for you. Um, and then I also filled in and did overnights on the top 40 station, 97.3 KISS FM. So after a year of just being like miserable and being like, this is not what I want to do because I knew I always knew I wanted to do mornings. Um, I hooked up with uh, that guy Kramer, who's now in Baltimore um, with Jess and Holly, who I'm now with. And we all started working together in Panama City, Florida, in a small little beach town. Uh, we did a radio show there for three and a half years. Then we went, got called up to the big leagues to Tampa for the first time in 2011. And we walked into that city like our stuff don't stank. And then we were let go after a year. Uh, um, and then I went back to Panama City to host my own show. Um, and then Holly came along and then we had another partner. We did that for two years. And then our last radio station, Hot 101.5, called and said, hey, we see that you worked on your craft. You're doing your own thing. Let's have you and Holly come back to Tampa and try um, a shot at Hot 101.5. So we went there in 2015. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, and with lots of patience and lots of love and the listeners just really being patient with us as we figured out what we were doing, we built a really cool community. Um, a really cool fam in Tampa. We were there for seven years and wow. then the pandemic happened and we were like at the top of our game. We were like where you want to be in a top 20 market where the community is with you. And if you're like, hey, let's do this project. The community's like, we don't know what this is, but let's go. But after the pandemic, like so many of us, you know, your priorities change. And I thought I was going to retire in Tampa and be there until they pushed me out. And then all of a sudden it was like, hmm, I kind of want a new challenge. I want something different. Yeah. So then Hart came calling and said, hey, we have an opportunity in Charlotte. Would you like to go? And so we blew up our lives and we started all over again. And so here we are in Charlotte, you know, starting from the ground floor and just day by day, person by person, starting to trying to build what we had in Tampa, but here in Charlotte. That's the name of the game. Yes. Fortunately and unfortunately, because now you, you know, fortunately, because you have a whole new group of people you get right. to meet, right? And all these, a different audience that you get to go to. Uh, but unfortunately, because you built something in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to, you know, walk away from that because like we consciously knew because we experienced this when we left Panama City to go to Tampa. But when you're going from a small market to a bigger market, you're like, well, this is what you do. Like now it's my time to shine. But to leave a legendary radio market like Tampa and then to go to another one in Charlotte and be up against some really big people, like who the hell would do that? Like, why would you walk away? But, you know, sometimes you have to know your worth and you have to mm -hmm. not just be okay with just the regular. And we were like, well, we're ready for a new challenge. So here we are. Well, and you guys have each other too. There are people who don't have a, you know, they don't have a show, they have themselves. So at least you have each other too. 100%. And that makes all the difference when you can go into a, a new situation with someone and, you know, we both gut check each other where it's like, hey, Miguel, Holly will say to me, like, maybe we need to pull back because these people don't know us. So we're trying to do too much too soon. And it's like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Or vice versa. So having each other and we've been working together now for officially 15 years as of this wow. past year, 
where it's like we know each other you know yeah. and so being able to be honest with each other and not hurt each other's feelings like that means the absolute world well and you are able to be co-hosts and friends at the same time not just co-hosts 100 percent. but then that's also the hard part because like as we've gotten older and we because when we first started together we lived together for the first five years and so we were in panama oh. um she got met her uh now ex-husband but her then husband boyfriend fiance husband i live with them their entire relationship then I was in a relationship for a little bit and that guy moved in. So we had this like weird, like four person uh, roommate situation going on. Um, so we were together all the time, but then as we've gotten older and she got divorced and had kids and I met my now husband and had roommates and a different life, we have to continue to actually check in with each other because you sort of take that for granted. And we realized mm -hmm. that the pandemic when we literally would leave right at 10, and be like, well, because, you know, you couldn't stay at the station and hang out like you like you can now or like you could before then. And so our lunch, our, you know, weekly lunches stopped or the events that we would get to like, just how are you? How's life? What's a gut check in? So there was like literally about six months, eight months into the pandemic, we were like, we have to put lunch on the books and just go to talk about friend stuff, not work. And because, you know, it bleeds together in radio. But yeah. like we're pruning each other's lives for content, not to just be like, are you okay? And so we really have to make an effort to be able to do that. Yeah, it's important. And not everybody does it, which is unfortunate. So. 100, that's such a big part of what we yeah. do. It's relationships. It's, yeah. you know, you're asking your listeners to join your show, your family, your conversation. And if you and your co-host and your team aren't on the same page, how can you ask your listeners to be on the same page and go along with you? So to me, that's like, you know, the first, you know how they always say in the airport, put the mask on yourself first. Like yeah. we got to put the mask on each other first to make sure we're okay before we can then ask anyone else to join our show. Thinking back to when you first started and like relating it to where you are now and like what you're doing now, what would you tell somebody who's just getting started or is just coming back? Mm-hmm, most definitely. I think the biggest thing is, do everything and like don't say no um and I know that Holly and I have actually had this conversation on our podcast a couple of times where um especially during the pandemic when you would see for like my Gen Z friends that I have you know in the pandemic I that just changed so much of our lives that we haven't as a society really sat down to really think about how much it's changed us but one of the things that people kept saying is that, you know, like, don't let your work take advantage of you, you know, girl, quit that job if it's too much, you know, it's the season of or the mass uh, quit or whatever. And I'm like, yes, you want to have work life balance and you don't want your job to take advantage of you. But also, too, I have the fortune of having done that where you did a lot of stuff that you didn't get paid for. And it's now paying off in dividends, in loads, because I didn't say no to anything, because I did every T-Mobile, car lot, free Kiwanis Club, Rotary Club, school lunch thing, I never said no, I did everything. Yeah. And so it's made me understand people and it's made me understand communities and how to get into communities. And so I feel like when you say yes to a bunch of things, it teaches you a certain amount of savviness 
and being able to connect with people because yeah, Yes, we have all these amazing tools of technology that we utilize on our show to connect with our listeners, but being able to really understand a city and a market by going and doing all these things, that makes you indispensable when you can really, really know your city. So that's Mm -hmm. why I always tell kids, like when they're new somewhere, go do everything and be involved in everything. And like, will your social life suffer a little bit? Probably, but your friends that support you will understand that. Like, fun, funny story. We just had Charlotte Pride here in August, um, mm-hmm. where we are in Charlotte. And one of my best friends um, since college, he uh, travels for work. And so he gets to come visit once a month, usually. He lives in San Diego now. And I had to go work um, one of our um, sponsors' tents, uh, this bank. And just be at their tent for two hours, reading listeners and giving out swag. And I was like, well, you can go, you know, go enjoy the festival. I'll be done in a couple hours. Or if you want to go have lunch or whatever, you know, here's some of my friends go. And he was like, I'm invested in your career like you've been. Because I've been there when you couldn't go to parties when we were in college. We were in our early 20s and you couldn't go out. So I'll hang out. And he was there helping me hand out swag like he was a promo assistant. Oh, He's seen the trajectory of my career and he's like, yeah. seen you when I had to help buy your drinks, you know, when we were go out after your remotes and now seeing where you are now, I'm so proud. So yeah, I want to support you. So having mm-hmm. a support system and friends that won't make you feel bad about your career, I think is also very important as well. Or uh, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever you're dating. I think yeah. that's also very important as well. Oh, that's so cute though. Uh, on the flip side of that, I had a, a negative experience with that when I first started. I had friends who were like, oh, we don't need to take a step back because you're so invested in your work. And I'm like, okay, but like, do you hear yourself right now? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You want to take know. a step back because I'm so- that doesn't make any sense. None, because if you were watching a movie and like you were watching this play out, the friends would look at themselves and be like, ooh, those are not good friends. Who would tell someone not to go for it, not to live their dream? Like, mm. not a real friend. Devil wears Prada. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we're going for. Like, you would not mm. be a boy being like, mm, I don't know. You'd be like, yeah, it sucks. And I'd love to spend time with you, but girl, go get that bread. Like, go do what you need to do. Exactly. Especially when it's only paying like $10 an hour. Of course, I'm going to get every single hour I possibly can. Why wouldn't I? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's why I say like, yes, if you work in a different industry where you know they're taking advantage of you, you know, absolutely. And yes, there is a very fine line of, you know, if you see that you're being passed over for things, you know, that's when you need, or, you know, they're not like, hey, you got to go to remote, but they're not going to pay you, you know, things like that. You want to get paid, you you know, getting gift cards to Wendy's is not going to pay your rent. Absolutely. You need to get paid for what the work that you do, but also understanding that things take time. And it took me a very, very long time before I could say to them, I could say out loud, I'm financially comfortable. I don't yeah. have to stress over every single thing but it took a long time to get there but it was so so worth it but now you know absolutely it's all a learning experience exactly yeah 
So what is, so you had a goal to be in mornings because you always wanted to be in mornings. You got mornings. Mm-hmm. What is your goal now? You know, it's so funny. I'm in therapy right now and I just learned a really interesting lesson. Um, we were talking about this, the difference between values and values and goals and how your goals should not be your values. So like your value could be, I want to be successful. And so that can mean a lot of different things where my goal was always to be, get to a top 20 market, get to a top 20 market. So I remember when I got to Tampa uh, in 2015 to host my own show, after like six months, people were like, so what now? And I was like, I don't know. Like I've been working my entire life to get here. Like, can a bitch enjoy it for a second? Like, I don't know. Um, and so I've literally spent a long time figuring that out because I was like, is syndication it? Is, is an, a, I, I don't know. So I think now what I finally come to is that my, what I want next for us is to be syndicated, um, to do that where it makes sense. Um, I'm not looking to, you know, have a big major operation where we've got a 30 person team, um, but a nice syndicated where we can take our message of love and acceptance and making people not feel alone to other cities where they need it. Um, Cause I always thought when I was younger, I'd want to go up North or to the West to get out of the South. But I, what I've experienced in doing radio in the South is that voices like mine as a black queer man, Holly as a strong female who has opinions and who isn't afraid to speak her mind. The, these voices are needed in the South right now. And yeah. so if we can build some sort of Southeast hub um, for our show, we can go into cities where they probably will look at us and be like, what? He's talking about his husband? What the hell is this mess? Um, and really make change over time. Yeah. Um, also on my list of goals is to do a podcast. I just haven't gotten it off the ground. Um, but that's something that my therapist is like, all right, let's start that process. Um, and I'd also like to do TV um, also at some point as well. Um, obviously not in the mornings, but, you know, somewhere or even just commentary on TV or entertainment. We did that in Tampa. We were on the local Fox affiliate um, every Monday morning where we got to just talk about trending. It was either uh, celebrity stuff or just pop culture things that we could talk about. Um, so just any anything that is in that realm, I would really enjoy. We got to make sure that the show, and especially if we're syndicated, that the show is still intact and that we're firing on all cylinders and everything sounds great because you don't want anything. You don't want to pay less attention to something. You want everything to be successful. Yeah. I have a segment of this show called Rapid Questions. It's ironic because it's not rapid at all it was supposed to be initially it was supposed to be like name such and such and such in 30 seconds no nothing like that um but now it's an ironic title so uh just talk more about yourself ready (laughs) i'm ready first job ever i worked at barnes and noble as a music seller a bookseller and then they put me on the cash register where I'm awful at math and hated when you, the book would be, you know, 2487 and then they would 
give you their card or no, they would give you 30 bucks and you type in 30 bucks, hit enter. And then it'd go, oh, wait, I have the change. And then I'd be like, oh God, how do I do? I can't do that math in my head. And so there was like one time my drawer was like a hundred dollars under and I was like crying because I thought they thought I stole. And they were like, bitch, we know you can't do math. It's fine. We know, <laughs> no, we know. So oh, that's no. why I would, if you don't do math and they make you work on the cash register, I would put in how much money you had and I would wait about five seconds before I hit enter. So you didn't go, oh, wait, I got the exact change for this. I love that job. <laughs> First celeb crush. Ooh, um, let me go back in my memory. Doot, 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 doot. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You're not the only one to say that. Oh my God, he was a little cutie. Yes, JTT with that little mushroom haircut back in the day. Yeah. Himba. Oh my God, yeah. He was a little cutie. He's now, he just turned 42. I think he just had a birthday a few days ago. We're all getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do an impression of anything or anybody? Ooh, um... Okay, so Holly makes fun of me and our producer, Kelvin. I am notoriously bad at accents. Like, really, really, really bad. And whenever we try to do anything... So I have this, like, really crazy sense of humor where I like to give voices to an inanimate objects. Um, and so one time... This is so stupid. Jesus Christ. We... When we were in Panama City... <laughs> Oh God, this is downtown Astoria. This is so stupid. There was like a uh, a convicted a convicted killer or something who escaped the jail. And they were like, he's in the woods somewhere. And I don't know why I got this crazy idea. And I was like, uh, Holly, live on the phone right now as we're all looking for Dusty Collins. Um, he's actually hiding under pine straw in the woods. And we actually have one of the pine straw on the phone right now that's covering up this convicted killer. So I walked out, got on the phone as the pine straw, and I was like, hey, y'all, I'm over here right now hiding over Dusty, and I'm glad you called me because I've been trying to call 911. Like, these are the times when I'm like, why do people let me on the radio? Like, why do I have this job? So it's amazing. Yeah. So I can do a voice of pine straw in the woods in the panhandle of Florida. It's not even it's not even that different from your regular voice. Not at all. Like you could be the straw. (laughs) So uh, no, I can't do impressions. Oh god. Oh no. Um so <laughs> I'm trying not to have a laugh attack right now. <laughs> if you could make your own music festival, who would be your lineup? Let's say you have two days to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, can this be dead artist or, or is Yeah, this... you can bring people back from the dead, sure. Perfect. All right. Uh my headliners would be Whitney Houston. Beyonce, Tina Turner, and John Mayer. Mm. Those would be the headliners. Mm-hmm. And I would sprinkle it in with a slew of 90s, 2000s pop and R&B, like a Brandy, a Monica, 
Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, uh, um, Mandy Moore for her little song, Willa Ford from back in the day. Uh, Ooh. So it would be littered with all those people. So the headliners would be those May and then just littered with, you know, 2000s, uh, 90s artists. Oh, I love, I gotta ask you, what do you think about NSYNC and all the stuff going on? Are you a little sus? So I feel like the more I read about it, the more annoyed I get because we're in the writer strike. And so you can't promote a movie and Justin Timberlake is in this Trolls movie. So he can't go and promote it. But how can you get natural promotion? Well, bring all the guys out that are going to be on the song and be like, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing will actually happen. And then the song for Trolls will come out and they'll be like, that's it. That's it. So if this Mm. were leading to a Vegas residency, a tour, an album, I would be here for it. But I, now that I've read more and listened more about it, I think this is just their sort of underhanded way of promoting the Trolls song in the movie because of the writer's strike. Hmm. Well, then Taylor Swift plays with our hearts a little bit because then she is accepting that award and everybody's trying because we know Taylor. Everybody's trying to see if there's something to decipher because of the friendship bracelets and the her saying, oh, my God, what do you guys have going on? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, OK, first of all, if there's nothing going on and you say that, then everybody's going to think there is because you are the queen of hiding eggs. I mean, I think that I think. Taylor, she doesn't do anything that's not vetted, scripted, you know, a part of the story arc of her career. Planned out, yeah. I think that that was a genuine, unrehearsed, unscripted, because in my mind, I would like to think that the people don't know if they're going to win. So if, you know, how would she know she was going to win? Because then if she knew that and that whole moment was scripted, then why does she know she's going to win? How did they, you know, so... I would like to believe that it was all innocent. And like, that's why that question. But he had a friendship bracelet for her. Maybe he was going to give it to her later after the award show. And it just happened to be. See, but when you say that now, I'm like, it was all fake. It was all scripted. This was all like a money grab. You see where I'm coming from? Because Mm -hmm. he had a. Now, odds are, if you're up for 11 nominations, you're going to win at least one. Odds are, right? Right. But what are the odds that she wins the one that NSYNC is presenting? Right. It's the MTV know. Music Awards. It's not mm. the Grammys. It's not the Grammys. Oscars, you know. So it's like... It's also hey, fan, make- fan voted. Oh. And I just saw a stat this morning that after two years of like record low ratings, they finally sort of... The Video Music Awards have dug themselves out of the doldrums. Because of all of this, blah. So this all very much could have been orchestrated by MTV. It's all money. Everything in this world goes back to money. Money. Thank you, Miguel, for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fantastic experience. I appreciate it. Where can people find you on socials? Yes, at Miguel Fuller on uh, Instagram, on Be Real, 
if you have a Peloton, I'm on there as Miguel Fuller. And <laughs> what sounds like a porn site, X, but Twitter, um, I'm still on there, but just barely hanging on at Miguel Fuller. <laughs>